In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, wherever you are, and uh, whatever time it is, whether it's the morning or the evening or the afternoon, a warm welcome to you. My name is Julian Gibb, and today I'm uh, here with Bishnu Regmi. He's uh, a brother who's currently living in Phoenix, Arizona, but is uh, coming uh, back from a a long history of uh, helping people come to know Jesus Christ and walking with them in faith. So, Bishnu, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Julian. So, first of all, tell us... Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, uh, you know, you, you've had a long uh, career for a, a person of such young years. So tell us about what are the things you've been involved in in the past? How have you served? Um, thank you. Thank you for this uh, privilege. And uh, yeah, I'm pastoring a church here um, um, Bhutanese, among the Bhutanese and Nepali immigrants and refugee for the last 10 years. Uh, before that, I was back in Nepal, pastoring one of the historical churches, Tanshan Church, for five years. Until 2011, we moved to um, uh, United States uh, and green card lottery, the diversity visa. Uh, before that, um, uh, I got involved with the World Wildlife Fund, World Vision, MICA Network, and Harvest Foundation, and a vision network, Nepal, and mainly in the community and social development, holistic ministry, church-based um, community development. Since um, 1990, yeah, I started my career in that field. Um, I was uh, 17 years old, 17 or 18 years old. And uh, I think the same time, just before that, um, um, I had uh, came to uh, come to Christ, uh, yeah, from a Hindu um, uh, family, yeah, back in Nepal. So, what was that journey like, moving from a Hindu background culture to becoming a follower of Christ, and uh, why? Why did you take that step? Yeah, uh, I think there was uh, there might be a couple of reasons. What I think is. Um, um, yeah, it, it was not um, uh, easy because um, I went through some uh, rejection and persecutions uh, in in the in the family and even neighborhood. Uh, especially, uh, we live. Uh, it's still my family. They live there. It's a typically Brahmin Hindu um, community. So, uh, yeah, I had to struggle with my family. They were not supportive, and my sister didn't talk to me for an entire year, and uh, rejection, and my neighbor, they did not allow me to talk to their children, into their house. They treated me like untouchable because I decided to follow Christ. Yeah, that's uh, the one side. The other side, and I really enjoyed uh, having a personal relationship with uh, Jesus uh, and God, um, the creator of the universe, because uh, we didn't have that kind of experience when I was Hindu, because in Hinduism, it's a polytheistic religion. 
you don't have that kind of you know uh, the concept of uh, the personal God. Yeah, you can talk to the God and talk to and pray to God and listen to and even experience. That was kind of a uh, different feeling that's really attracted me to Christianity. Wow. So, um, so you, you gave up a lot, uh, both materialistic and relationally, uh, to follow Christ. And so what, what, what has God been doing with you ever since you decided to, uh, to follow him, to make him Lord? How, how has God used you? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's myself, a little bit kind of, uh, I was a kind of rough guy, you know, eat anything, drink, and even I had uh, marijuana. That's kind of, you know, the teenage guys. There was a couple of other, my uh, friends, you know. And, yeah, once I started uh, going to the church and um, my worldview toward myself, uh, my life, and even my future, um, it's completely changed. I stopped all those things. And um, and after three years, my whole family came to Christ. My father was an alcoholic, and he stopped drinking. And there are so many Praise changes, God. you know, not only the spiritual, but even though, you know, economic and your social and your family aspect. And that was kind of great blessing. And after, five, I think, the almost five or six years, uh, a Christian walk as a family. You know, we are the only family in the neighborhood. And other neighbors, they also re- started realizing the change. And I still remember uh, uh, my uh, the neighbor, um, next neighbor, and they, there was um, my friend, the same age. I, I took him to the church, but they opposed. But after 10 years, I when I visited them, and the mom personally told me, Bishnu, why don't you bring my son to the church? Wow. That yeah, he was, you know, he has become a kind of alcoholic. And I, I tried him to help. Yeah, still I'm trying. Well, amen. Well, so it, it seems to be from your experience that transformations, that people coming to Christ doesn't necessarily just happen overnight, but that it, it uh, you know, with you and your examples, you know, it's taken years and years. So how, how do you keep going? I mean, I mean, you know, you've, you've got a job, you've got a family, you've got a life. How do you find time to constantly seek to help people and to journey and walk with them over years? Uh, yeah, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a miracle. Now, I, when I recall all those days, I don't know how it happened because I, I, had, um, I was the full-time student at college and, and working 40 hours a week, the full-time job. Uh, on top of that, I was heavily involved in the church as a youth leader, youth leader and student leader, and later as a deacon and church elder. Um, it's, uh, my plate was full from six morning till maybe late night, you know. Uh, I never thought uh, tired, you know. I, I really enjoyed the growing in the Lord. Uh, I helped my family. I was the only uh, uh, person uh, uh, earning money, and I supported my, my parents and my siblings. Uh, yeah, that was kind of, you know, um, a great um, uh, time and uh, expressing my love to my family. That's really helped them to come to Christ after three years of my conversion. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it was really kind of hectic schedule. Um, but still, I always enjoy um, walking with the Lord and working and, and, and studying and balancing every area. That is kind of a miracle. 
Yes, it sounds like a miracle with all those things happening, and yet you're still able to to reach out and to to love people. But um, I remember you telling a story. Um, I think it would be good to share now because it's in it fits in line with what you've been saying about uh, there was that gentleman who was uh, stuck in a hotel room because <laughs> he had uh, go 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 from the start. Tell us that story and how yeah. it started and how it concluded. Yeah, that's uh, that's happened back in the Philippines, and I was there with my family for my theological studies. Uh, that's maybe sometimes in two thousand. Uh, four, beginning of 2004, um, uh, I was studying there. Uh, actually, so I was doing uh, um, simultaneously studies in two um, courses, MA in Community Development and from a University of Philippines and MD from the uni- uh, in a seminary. Uh, try to do more. It's always, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it's not good all the time. Yeah, and uh, we got a call from a guy we never met that guy, and they found the number from the Nepal embassy in, in Manila. So we, um, and they were really having a hard time. It's kind of prodigal son, you know, they spent lots of money in China, try to go to, uh, come to the United States, but they ended up uh, going to Philippines. And they, uh, they were in the hotel for, I don't know, several weeks, and they spent all their money, uh, hoping that they will just, uh, um, get some more money from the family so that they will pay the bill and apply the visa and go to um, United States. But that didn't happen. And uh, literally, they got stuck inside the hotel mm. and their passport and documents were confiscated. And and they were allowed to stay there and eat, but they didn't allow, yeah, they were not allowed to go out. And they call and, yeah, and that day... Um, uh, yeah, actually, you know, I was a student. I didn't have that situation. I was not in that condition or situation to help him financially. Ah. But it's still God talked to me, you know, uh, because the lesson we learned is so, so your uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And, and, and God talked to me. Um, even though you don't have anything, just you go and listen to his problem. And the... Uh, the earlier night, you know, I had three major papers. I even had not sleep at all. Oh. Uh, completed that papers and submitted in the in the class. That I, I had a class in the morning. I attended all the class. And after that, after lunch, and I went to that guy and my wife also with me because uh, I was feeling very weak. And we took a train and went to his place. And it took almost more than an hour. Um, and when we listened to his stories, he was really um, in, in difficult situation. And we realized, why don't we help this guy and calling back to his um, family in Nepal. And, but first, they, they were not convinced. And finally, they sent some money, I think around $500, and we gave it to the hotel. And, and he, was, he got out of the hotel. But he, his ex, the passport was expired, and visa was expired. Actually, visa was expired, and ticket was expired. <laughs> and he doesn't have money and where to go. And we just talk, husband and wife. Why don't we have this guy for a couple of days our place? And even though you know we have very tiny room, a tiny, um, uh, it's kind of a room, yeah. Um, the dorm actually uh, yeah and wow. we got a c- approval from the seminary and we brought him to our place 
and we tried to fix his um, uh, visa and it was more complicated, you know, the visa and ticket. And I think he was there for uh, two, three days. And my children, uh, I have two children, they sleep in the um, uh, kitchen, literally in the kitchen. In the and, kitchen? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let, let me just stop for a second before you go further. So you have no money. You're living in a dorm room with your wife and two children. Uh, you've got three major papers due the next day, uh, which you have to finish or your academic career will go up in smoke. And, uh, and you're out taking care of this prodigal son yeah <laughs> impressive well keep keep going tell us tell us what happens next yeah and um right that time i think he was there i think second or third day my father died of cancer oh. and i was planning to go to nepal but uh because of uh financial crisis and uh, we are not i was not able to get that opportunity and we are going through that's all those you know painful moments uh, on the other hand, and God spoke to me, um, yeah, this guy has some purpose, you know, why he brought him here. And and he was just, you know, started asking about uh, so many things about Christianity because he knew that we are Christian, that's a seminary. And so, um, and uh, one morning, and he started, uh, yeah, we, have, we usually have kind of breakfast. Uh, first we pray and do um, uh, sort of um, uh, devotion. And he participated. And while we are eating, he started asking questions. And I realized maybe it is the right moment. And I grabbed the four spiritual lines and went through that. And he received Christ. And that day, wow. uh, that day was a, um, a good Friday. I still remember. Good Friday, perfect. And then, so what? What? Um, so along comes the prodigal son, and uh, you're exhausted. No money. No time. Uh, there's the sad bereavement of your father. You've, all those major pressures, pretty much, of the world coming down on you. Uh, you got this prodigal son living in your room. Um, what? What? He comes to Christ. Praise God. What then happens what, to him? What, what? What's he doing now with his life? Yeah, and uh, it was a great change, you know. And I connected him to the small group, uh, my church, and there are other guys, you know. They were helping him, and even the seminary, they opened the door for him. And he stayed there for a year. They provided, you know, they allowed him to stay with another uh, single man. He was in the form of Pakistan. They shared the room and free of cost. And, you know, it's like an entire um, the seminary, the student, they started ministering to them and disciple, and he became a very um, uh, strong Christian. And, uh, got a vision and passion. He got baptized and got a uh, couple of trainings and courses. And I think after almost uh, a year, a little less than a year, he uh, I was still in the Philippines and uh, com- uh, for my uh, another degree. That's MA was not completed. And uh, first I completed the MD. I graduated from there. But in between, there were some few months and I had to leave the seminary. My wife and children, they left. And uh, that guy. Um, went uh, with my family back to Nepal, uh, returned to Nepal. Yeah. What's he doing there now? Is he? Is he? Is he? Oh anything? yeah, after that, yeah. you know, the, he got involved with. There's other um, seminary student who was uh, uh, already in Nepal. The disciple him, and he met uh, one uh, pastor's daughter, the pastor's kid, and he got married to her, and he started involved in the ministry. Oh, that guy is doing so many things, you know. There's a list of things, and I, <laughs> it takes maybe 
several minutes, you know. Well, just just, um, just give us a few. What, what what's he what, what's yeah, he doing? He's involved in the church planting and oh. um, uh, um, reaching out the uh, unreached people, evangelism, and he started the schools. I think six seven schools among needy children. That's called Kamayas, uh, the bonded labor. Mm. There's a and he also started one private school like me, you know, this, um, he's just doing exactly what I had in my mind and my heart. And I tried to do that. And he's doing more than me. My goodness. Uh, I think he has six, seven schools now. How many? Um, seven, I think. Wow. Children school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I just, and, so keep going. Yeah, and yeah, he involved um, in church planting, helping out maybe 25, that's more than 25 churches in the Western region. And and also doing um, the evangelistic, just like uh, once a year, the evangelistic uh, program to thousands of people, especially in the school, thousands of uh, students every year. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, now he's a, um, a director uh, of country. Uh, There's director more. For, for <laughs> so, you know, to those listening, um, schools, uh, helping people out uh, in, in many, many ways, involved in many ways. This guy was a, a prodigal son, someone who's... Yeah, and, yeah, on top of that, he's doing business. He's a, a, a bivocational guy, and he has a guest house, in Kathmandu and one uh, travel agency. Um, uh, he also do the ticketing and also there are a couple of a business he's doing in like a <laughs> um, money exchange business that he has in a couple of places. Yeah, he started that business. Oh, wow. Does he sleep? Uh, that, that's a, that's a, not a question. Um, oh. So um, for, again, for those listening, um, you know, we have a guy who is basically wasting his life away, traveling around the world and other people's money, and then uh, gets stuck in a hotel room because he's uh, unwise with his money. Uh, and uh, he's made a bit of a mess of his life. And yet comes through the acts of some Christians showing him love, showing him being the real hands and feet of Jesus, uh, putting it into real practice. This life has been transformed. And now the amount of people that he's helping and has helped is is astounding so that's a that's a an amazing story but to those listening uh, you're listening to the kingdom and its stories with our our friend here bishnu Remi, and he's uh, currently in the phoenix area but um what what are you doing now in the phoenix area what, what's your role here and now oh in phoenix actually you know uh, i'm working um uh i came to the united states for my children's education i didn't have any plan to uh uh, plant a church um, and but uh, we ended up uh, meeting some um, uh, Christians here they're from um, Nepal but Bhutanese refugee and they requested me to start a Bible study group uh, uh, they learned that I was a pastor back in Nepal and so we started a um, Bible study group in 2013 with two, I think the 12 people including uh, five children and we ended up, um, you know, planting a church, Himalayan church. So we still do have um, um, around 50, 60 people uh, um, that I, I'm pastoring the church. Besides that, I'm working as a language interpreter. That's my um, uh, profession. Mm. At the same time, I'm applying uh, what I learned from Harvest. And not only um, I learn and I teach and the church and, and 
uh, involved in the training while I was in, back in Nepal. Almost uh, we trained over 1,500 pastors. Yeah, yeah, about the holistic ministry and de demonstrating God's love through our, wow. our, our our neighbor or needy people through our act of. Um, what is yeah. what is holistic ministry? Uh, it's like you know, um, yeah. The holistic ministry is uh, most of the churches they are just uh, focusing the evangelism and mission and they're um, sharing the gospel. But uh, the holistic ministry means, you know, uh, you can share the gospel, but without the word. Yeah. Uh, some act of services. Yeah. That's more holistic. Yeah. That's my definition. Yeah. I see. So to, so, uh, to put this crudely, yeah. holistic ministry isn't just sort of saying, hey, here's the word of God. Uh, uh, there's a Bible, see you around. It's more of seeking to to journey with that person whilst teaching them and journey with them through their journey of faith. Is is that right? Right, right. And here in the Phoenix, you know, um, yeah, I'm I'm working almost uh, sixty, seventy hours a week. Uh, so you have to be available. Even I'm working from home. But now I I lost that job a couple of months ago. But for the last eight years, I was pretty busy and 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 saturday sunday i involved in the church uh, beside that you know i we try to uh, express or continue what um, my learning and what uh, i did is god spoke to our heart especially my wife and because uh, it is her responsibility too and we open our house for needy family who come from nepal uh, to stay with us for a um, few weeks or sometimes a month or two until they get their uh, documents, your green card and um, uh, social security card, and they learn driving and find a job and get the apartment and and move out. So um, yeah, we are doing that. Sometimes it's not easy because we have three bedroom apartment. Um, it's um, uh, uh, it is uh, yeah we don't have uh, extra room. So one for my daughter, one for my son, and one for us and. And my daughter or son, they sacrifice you know, during that time. And sometimes, you know, it's good. And sometimes a little bit difficult, you know, as children, they <laughs> grow up. And But they're also involved because they share their room. And we hosted almost um, four, four families, two individuals, six. Uh, yeah. And sometimes, yeah, more, yeah, we had a family uh, two times um, with two children, a husband and a wife and two children. So you and I are immigrants to this country, um, yeah. and uh, it's a wonderful country. What? But what, from an outsider's perspective, what can you see about America? What can you bring uh, to America in regards to sharing the word of Christ? What, what different angle do you think you have from, say, we do in the West? How can you help America with the Word of God? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, the, the perspective and the view um, I had about the United States before, but once you can, can come here and start living, it's, it's completely changed. You know, there are so much uh, opportunity for children and there is schooling, education and job opportunity. Um, there is no boundary, you know, if you really work, working hard and try to get the opportunity and yeah, you can do that. Even my children, they both of them, they got the 100% scholarship uh, tuition. And on top of that, they got additional scholarship. You know, uh, my son, he got $10,000 scholarship. He got mm. his first car. And that's on top of his 100% tuition 
big issue is that's you know uh, uh, and beside that you know uh, that's a, we also have a kind of a great opportunity uh, to uh, serve um, the immigrants that even people here and also share Christ you know my son is heavily involved with um, C3 the college uh, Christian center in, at ASU uh, involved with the Bible study group and and also ASA American uh, scientists uh, affiliates and I think he's a vice chair or chairperson on that club and and uh, I also show you know there's uh, many refugees not only from Nepal but from even other countries and um, there's a, a lot of opportunity serving these people at the same time encouraging the American churches here uh, you know if they are not able to go out the far distance for mission work they have uh, many people in their backyard they can just go and um, serve these people sure. that's, that's, that's wonderful time, you know learn so many things you know it's kind of entire world is here so Bishnu, I'm going to have to do the unthinkable. Our time has come to an end. I wish it hadn't. But I just wanted to thank you, you know, for all those listening. Go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. This is still is the land of opportunity, the opportunity to grow materialistic, but more important, spiritually. Come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on the Kingdom and its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.